good to be here with you, worshiping the Lord. Amen? Amen. Uh, it's good to get used to being together, because odds are we'll be together forever. Amen? And uh, now's the time to accept each other, love each other, worship together. Amen? Amen. Presence of the Lord. We are in this series and have been for a week or two in the series called God Speaks. And we're looking at the fact that God speaks through his word. We know that as we look to the skies, we see the glory of God. Something is built within us to say there is a God when we look to the moon and the stars and the beautiful things that God has created. There's a stirring in our soul for that empty, hollow, shallow hole to be filled. And it cannot be filled with anything else except God, God himself. In verses 7 to 11, we see that as we look to the skies, we see the glory of God. As we look into the scripture, we see the greatness of God. We see his covenant love for us. The word God in the Hebrew in the first six verses is El, a generic form of God saying that he is God. When we get to verses 7 to 11, we see Yahweh, Jehovah, covenant God. Amen? Many people look up to the stars and wonder and say, there's got to be. For those that look into the scriptures, we say, there definitely is a Savior and a God, because we know him intimately and we know him personally, because his love has overcame all of our obstacles, all of our hindrances. The Bible says there's no, none righteous, no, not one. But yet God overcome, has overcome our unrighteousness. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might be the righteousness of God. And now when he looks at you, when he looks at me, he doesn't see my jerkiness, or my weakness, or my insufficiency, I come based on the claim as Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Amen? He looks down at me and he sees his righteousness. He's clothed me and he's clothed you with a robe of righteousness that we can come into the very presence of God today. Free access into the presence of God the Creator and God the Redeemer, our Savior and our Lord. What a God we serve today. Amen? Everybody's looking for a word, a formula. There's a lot of blogs out there that give information that we read to try and make our life better. Isn't it true? How many uh, self-help videos did you watch this week? Or some blogs on, on the internet that you, you want to get your life together, people. Okay, it's about time, all right? You guys are adults, right? Okay. You want information, people to make changes and get things done and rearrange some things and put things in order and make everything better and make everything perfect. Amen? Well, as you know and I know, a blog on the Internet's not going to do it. Amen? <laughs> and a video that you, uh, you think is so inspirational is not going to swing it. Each human heart needs to hear God speak. We need a word from God. Remember that old commercial, all you old timers? When E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. 
How many have never seen that commercial? Right, all you young people, get out. <laughs> all right, let me clue you in. Two guys, two guys walking, a lot of people around. Man, what does your broker think? I mean, there's a lot of changes. What is, who's your broker and what does he think? Well, my broker is E.F. Hutton. And he says, and everybody goes like that. Everybody is going like this to things that don't make a difference and can't change your heart. People, when God speaks, we need to listen. Amen? Amen. The glory of God can't tell us about God's grace or his love. can't tell us about his, his goodness. It can't tell us about who God is. It can't tell us about judgment. Jesus had to come down and show us who God is. Hebrews chapter 1 says... He's the exact representation and the radiance of God's glory. As the sun shines through creation to reveal the radiance of God's creative power, Jesus Christ shines through time and eternity to show the redemptive, awesome love and power of our God that he saves us to the uttermost. Amen? Amen. Saves us to the uttermost. As we worship him and give him praise and give him honor. God bless you richly in Jesus' name. And it so happens your husband's name is Rich, which is pretty cool. Amen. I'm an observer, okay? I take things in. This book has no authority whatsoever if you don't know the author. There's atheists that know more of the word of God than you, but they turn their heart back in rebellion. The authority of God's word is acted upon in your life because you go to the author and you have a relationship with the author. And then when you read this word, the author becomes alive to you, who is the Holy Spirit. You know, we want a fresh word from God. The Holy Spirit speaks and he gives a word in our time and he gives a word in our circumstance, and he gives a word in our situation. But friends, the Holy Spirit has spoke. Amen? There is no contradiction in this word. This is the inerrant, infallible authority of God's word for our faith and our conduct right here. It is the word of God. And people that claim that there's contradictions in it, the only contradictions that they don't want to face is the contradictions of their own heart. Amen? People raising their hand against God, apparent contradictions in the word of God. Okay, when we read stuff, there's some crazy stuff in there. Let's, get, let's, let's be real. But as we continue to read the word of God, study the word of God, read the books of the Bible, and as we read, we see this beautiful dovetailing of God's awesome revelation of his plan of salvation that was that was met at the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen? Satan wants to deceive you by allowing you to doubt this word. The pages of this book are not inspired. Peter says that as the word of God was revealed to prophets and to people that spoke, that were moved by the, by the power of God, it was inspired. 
And now what the Holy Spirit who wrote this book, as we read this book, the Holy Spirit reveals to us the author of the book. And the author of the book begins a wonderful work on our lives of conforming us to his image and changing us. Isn't it awesome? Wives, how many want your husbands to be changed? Raise your hand. Oh, we got an amen from this sister over here. <laughs> amen. Wives, how many of you want to change your husbands? <laughs> we got a kind of used to him now. <laughs> we kind of grow on each other like fungi, don't we? It's an awesome, awesome thing. He is a fun guy. He is a fun guy. <laughs> amen. Right on. That is good. <laughs> that was good. Verse 7 says, The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. Perfect. Perfect is a pretty strong word, isn't it? Do you believe today that the word of God is perfect for your life in every circumstance and every situation? Perfect. It's not off a little bit. The Lord didn't miss it on, on this situation or that situation. It's perfect. And when you view the word of God as perfect and you line yourself up in faith believing it, what happens to your soul? Your soul is revived. Amen? Your soul is converted. Your soul is restored to the place where it is supposed to be in relationship to God. Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And because of sin, our mind, our will, and our emotions were geared towards our carnal nature, our sinful nature, the things of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. We were just going that way. We didn't want to go, but it was our nature. And God came in and said, listen, as the covenant love of God from the Old Testament, I will, through my covenant love, I will give you a new heart and a new mind that you can love me with passion and with excitement. Amen? I didn't turn to God. My heart didn't say, God, I'll check you out. I'll give you a shot. I'll give you a try. And if you meet some standards of mine and my measurement of what I need, then I will invite you, God, creator and redeemer, into my heart. Yeah. Yeah. God, in every believer, shows the futility and the wastefulness and the emptiness of your life and your, your self-righteousness before God. Amen? The great, greatest revelation that we can have as believers is this negative aspect of what salvation is, is that all our self-righteousness is as filthy rags before God. That's encouraging, isn't it? That's encouraging. Because we know we don't measure up. Every time we lay our head down on the, on the pillow, we have this, this, these thoughts that we didn't do what we were supposed to do. Uh, things in our lives that we don't measure up, that, that, that we want to do better. We have to turn all of that over to the Lord. Give it to the Lord so that he can work on our hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants to revive us today. He wants to restore us. Amen? Revive something means, yeah, you were dead. Let's get it back. Let's bring some life here, right? 
He has quickened us by his spirit. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. As we read the Word of God, Scripture turns us back to God. Amen? It's a bottomless well, an unending flow of His grace, of His wisdom, of His insight that constantly refreshes us and realigns us back with God. We can bring everything that we are and everything that we do. God knows all about it. When we read the Word of God and take it by faith and ask the Savior, to mold us and shape us. He comes in and he realigns us back to the things of God, to the will of God, to the purpose of God. It's his doing, it's not ours. You go to the doctor for the needs of your body. You go to school for the needs of your mind. Where do you go for the needs of your soul? You go to the inerrant, infallible, authoritative word of God that transforms you and changes you and makes something beautiful out of your life. He gave us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that we might be called trees of righteousness to the glory of God. Amen? He does that. It's his work. The word of God is perfect. And he's given us everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness in this life. The perfection of God's word, wisdom, and insight is ours because of what Christ has done. And then secondly, verse 8, the decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The word of God is sure, amen? Reliable and certain. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 119, 89, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. That word settled means it's confirmed and it's verified. It's certifiably perfect and good for your life. Amen? Never changes. The very word of God that got you through yesterday, that got you through 10 years ago, that got you through 20 years ago, is going to get you through tomorrow. Amen? Steady, sure, certain word of God for your life. We see that it revives us, and we see that it renews our mind. Amen? Making wise the simple. This could mean that you're naive or ignorant, but making wise the simple, the simple is just having an open mind. I'm simply a simple person. I don't need it drugged out in oratorical eloquence. Just give it to me straight and give it to me simple. Amen? Amen. And when I deem the word of God as trustworthy for my life, I receive the wisdom of God. The New Testament says 
that Jesus Christ is our wisdom, our righteousness, our sanctification, our holiness. When we consider the word of God trustworthy and we allow the Holy Spirit to minister it to us, he gives us wisdom beyond our mentality. Amen? Gives us wisdom beyond our experience. Gives us wisdom instead of our experience and in spite of our experience. For some of us, when we look at our past, we say to ourselves, how can God use me? You know how he can use you? Because he's God. And he does a wonderful work of transformation in our hearts and in our lives. And everything that you've been through, he reinvents it, reorganizes it, so that you can receive the comfort of God. And the comfort of God in your brokenness and in your pain and in your weakness and in your insufficiency He fills all the void. And then you look to people and you say, I've got the answer because I've been through it. Amen? Amen. We look at broken people, not with pity. We look to broken people with the awesome revelation that Jesus Christ can change and transform any life and give wisdom and insight. How many of you need wisdom and insight in your life? Amen? How about with with just being you? Okay? Being you and being comfortable in your own skin, it's tough sometimes. we got to live with ourselves, people, and it's tough. God, you need to be insight and wisdom into your very heart and into your very life. How about wisdom for your family? How about wisdom to raise an 11-year-old boy that's just like me? How did God help me? <laughs> Give me wisdom. Give me insight. Please. <laughs> he is a good boy. He's a great boy. He needs, he needs Jesus. Be praying for him. Amen? We don't want just good boys. We want Jesus-loving, Jesus-saved boys. Amen? Yeah. He's a good boy. It's interesting how children, as they grow, you see yourself in them. And you look back and you see how God has engineered your life to, so that you could get to know him. And I pray that for Zachary as well. He's going to do stupid, dumb things, just like his dad. But that's where the mercy and the grace of God come in. Amen? In relationship. Hey, he renews our mind. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How? Think the way God thinks. Think concerning this book. Change your heart. What's repentance but a turn of heart? Amen? A change of heart. A change of mind, considering things. We all have things in our lives. We lived in the wisdom of this world. We lived in the wisdom of our experiences. We lived in the wisdom of our emotions and our our bad behavior. What God wants to do is change all that and redirect us towards the wisdom and insight of the God of the universe and the God that redeems us and restores us all. He's willing to give us the wisdom we need today. Can you believe that? Then we go to verse... Mm, eight. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. This is the beauty of loving the Lord Jesus Christ, is he takes our sorrow and he gives us joy. He takes our death and he gives us his life. He takes our confusion and our chaos and he gives us his peace. And as we read the word of God and as he changes us, it begins to 
be in our heart this new, fresh delight. Amen? We once delighted in things of this world. Once God gets a hold of your heart, you don't have those delights anymore. The Bible says if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give us the very desires of our heart. Amen? I don't desire things that I once desired when I didn't know Christ. I desire Christ and the things that he has for me in my life. We fall and we fail, don't we? But we don't live in habitual sin because we have an advocate, our Savior and our Lord. We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. Cleanse our conscience and empower us to, do, to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's all because of his doing. It's all because of his word and of his scripture. Sometimes we read the word of God and it hurts, doesn't it? Because it reveals our heart. And it brings up things in our past. It brings up decisions we've made. And it brings up things that we've said to people. And it brings up things that have been done to us, that have hurt us, that we want to bury. And God says, no, no, no. Bring all that to me. Bring it all to me. Feel the hurt, feel the pain, and then look to Christ who bore your very sin and abuse and misuse and abandonment and neglect, fears and anxieties on his shoulders when he died. Every sin that was ever committed came upon the sinless lamb of God that was slain for our salvation. Never experienced sin, never experienced a breach of relationship with the Father. That's why he cried out, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Can you imagine that? When we sin, the shame and guilt, Jesus bore our shame, our condemnation, and our guilt upon his life so that we can live free from the penalty of sin and free from the power of sin. Amen? Free in the power of sin. He delights our heart. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Joy is a funny thing because we think of like being joyful when we get like a DQ milkshake, you know? We're very joyful. Oh, this is awesome. I'm very happy right now, you know? Yeah, give me a, give me a cheeseburger, give me a milkshake. I don't know. It makes me very happy and joyful. Happiness doesn't run to the battle of pain and adversity. It flees. What runs into the battle of your adversity and your pain is the joy of the Lord. Amen? Greatest moments that I've experienced with the joy of the Lord is when I was in the battle of adversity, sorrow, and pain. The Bible says that he mounts guard over our heart and life and gives us peace. A peace that passeth all understanding and a joy that will get us through any circumstance and any situation. He delights our heart. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, When I discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, O Lord God Almighty. Some of you here today might not read the Word of God. You might not have a perspective of the high, the high um, discernment of God's Word in your life. I want to encourage you to read the Word of God. It takes uh, discipline. It takes an effort. But once we do it, and once we receive that delight, 
And once we experience his presence in our hearts and in our lives, like Jeremiah, we will cry out to the Lord, when I discovered your words, I devoured them. His words are our joy and our heart's delight. Amen? And then we move on to the next. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Gives you insight for living. Or, as other versions say, it enlightens your eyes. Amen? An enlightening of your eyes. How many want to see straight? Right? How many of you older folk, as you grow older, your eyesight kind of went, right? Man, I hate that. Let's pray for our eyesight. Amen? Let's pray for a uh, rejuvenation of youthfulness in our heart so that he would renew our strength as the eagle. But here, he makes us see straight. This pure word will enlighten our eyes. It will bring cheer and comfort and knowledge and confidence that a light in the midst of darkness brings. I hate being out in the country in the, in the dark. You know why? Because I think an axe murderer is around the corner. That's why. All right? I don't know who's out there in the dark. But when you walk down a dark alley, you feel a little bit safer. You got buildings and things like that out in the open. Forget about it. The word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Amen. Let's turn over to Psalms chapter 119. And let's read a little bit concerning what the word of God does for us and to us and in us. Psalms 119. How can a young person stay pure by obeying your word? I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I have recited aloud all the regulations you have given us. I have rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. Be good to your servant, that I may live and obey your word. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instruction. I'm only a foreigner in the land. Don't hide your commands from me. I am always overwhelmed with a desire for your regulations. You rebuke the arrogant. Those who wander from your commands are cursed. In each verse is an indication of the word of God and David's desire for the word of God and what it does to you. Same thing in, in, in Psalms chapter 19. We have a title, instruction, decree, statues, and then we have a characteristic of that, of that law upon our lives, right? And then we have an application of the truth of God in our heart and in our life. It makes us see straight. The Word of God is pure. It's not corrupted. It's not polluted. We don't have to sift through garbage and find out 
If there's anything there that can be of use to us, every word of God in the, in the scriptures is pure and able to save us and able to enlighten our eyes. We never have to worry about the word of God leading people into sin or impurity. If it seems to have happened, it is evidence that the scriptures have been twisted. This pure word will enlighten your eyes. It will bring the cheer and comfort and knowledge of God. And then we go to verse, that is Psalms 119. We're going back to Psalms 19. Let's go to verse 8. And then we'll go to verse 9. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. See, as we read the Word of God, there becomes this uh, knowledge of who God is. And as we become closer to God, we see God becoming bigger and bigger and holier and more righteous, and we become smaller and smaller and smaller, don't we? The fear of the Lord is, is a good thing because it protects us from evil. When I, when I grew up, my parents always told me, it's our job to inflict the fear of God on your life. And inflict was the word they used, I think. But really, you come into the fear of the Lord and the reverence for the Lord when you, when you realize the love of God and when you realize the grace of God. The reverence of the Lord is pure and it lasts forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. The word of God establishes your future. David called the word of God in other versions the fear of the Lord, and it's deeply connected to the awe and majesty of God himself. When we were praising the Lord this morning, we experienced the awe and the majesty of the presence of God. Amen? We were in the holy of holies. His presence was here. Isaiah chapter 6 says, I saw the Lord, Isaiah said, high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. And he viewed himself in the presence of the Lord as undone, and he lives in a nation that is undone, and a people of evil lips. And he fell prostrate to the Lord because he saw the holiness of God. What Jesus came down to do is to pick us up, like I said, robe us in his righteousness and lead us into the very presence of God without fear, but confidently because of his grace and of his love. Amen? The Bible says that this is to be desired more than gold, more than fine gold. It's sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. It's a warming to your servant, a great reward for those who obey them. This is the beauty of uh, the Word of God. When the Word of God gets into our heart, there's two things in our spirit, our conscience and our intuition before God. And what God does is He sharpens that, right? He sharpens our conscience. Because of sin and defilement and carnality, our conscience was seared and wasn't able to hear the voice of the Lord. 
But when we come into the Word of God and we allow the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit into our lives, our conscience becomes alive. And things that we thought we would do, bells go off, amen, and alarms go off. And God says to us, be careful, because if you do that, you'll stray away from my voice and stray away from my presence. It's your choice, but be careful, amen? Honey is a thing where I eat when I have a stomach ache. I put it in hot water with a little lemon, and I drink it down, soothing to the belly. What the Holy Spirit does when it comes to the Word of God is he soothes it to your innermost heart, makes it pliable, makes it wonderful, makes it that you can receive it without condemnation, but with love and grace, knowing that he will transform your heart and life. They are a warning to your servant and great reward. Here it is. The heavens declare the, the glory of God. The scriptures declare the greatness of God. The skies declare the glory of God. The scriptures declare the greatness of God. And now, our soul reveals the grace of God. Because when we look to the heavens, we see how great and awesome God is. And we're like, yeah, God, you are awesome. When we read the word of God, what God has done is covenant love to us. We say, God, you are awesome. And then when we look into our soul, we say, yuck, right? Because we see, uh, see ourselves for who we are. We need to take the proclamation of the glory of God, the pronouncement of the greatness of God, and, uh, and allow the process of the Holy Spirit to bring the glory and the greatness into our lives and change us. And he does this. How can I know all the lurking the sins lurking in my heart. Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. And here's the key for our life as we live our lives to the glory of God. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my, medit and my meditation and my redeemer. How many of you travel and then... Uh, you're going through a city, and you got a great radio station, right? You're rocking out. You're like, yeah, the music is going. And then as the farther you get away from the city, you get that, you know? And you try turning it up, and you try doing this, and then the farther you get away, and then eventually, you know? If you want to hear the rest of that song, you got to swiftly and quickly slam on the brakes. Do a Yui and go back to the signal where you can receive it again. Amen? That's what repentance is. For a lot of us, we've been hearing the... Maybe for some of you, you've been hearing the... And you got to turn around. You have to turn around. See, if, God is, if you don't feel God in your life, God hasn't moved. You have. You've got to get to a place where you can receive him and hear him speak again. You've got to do a Yui. Turn from your ways and just head back to the sweet music of the Savior calling you back to God. 
The law in Scripture is something that reveals our sin. It's a tutor. It's a guard. It's a guardian until we were placed in the hands of Jesus Christ. Don't stay in the law of God as it condemns you and convicts you and as it condemns you and brings shame and guilt. Get out of that. Amen? Get to the, get, get to the, the presence of the Lord and allow him to speak to you on who you are and what he thinks of you. You are a child of God. You belong to God. You're accepted by God, and he loves you. May the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in your, in your eyes, O oh Lord. My Redeemer. Let's bow for a word of prayer. God, we thank you today for your word. We thank you that you considered the law and the prophets as inspired by the Holy Spirit. When you walked on the road with the two from Emmaus, you revealed to them through the law, the prophets, the Psalms, who you were. And they said, oh God, didn't our hearts burn within us when he revealed himself to us? Friends, we need a new fresh burning in our hearts. We need a new fresh revelation of, of God through his word of who we are, but yet how we can view the power and the presence of God to change us, change our relationships, take out all those things that are residue from our sinful nature and, 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 and free us and cleanse us and to set us free. God, we thank you today that you rode into Jerusalem as the suffering servant. But a week later, you rose as the conquering victor over sin, shame, guilt, condemnation, and death. Now you've invited us into this life of intimacy and relationship with you. We are forgiven. We are forgiven. If you've never accepted Christ, accept him today. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. For all fall short of the glory of God. But if you confess your sins, call out to God. The Bible says you believe in your heart, you shall be saved. And the Holy Spirit, God himself, takes residence in your heart and your life, changing you, transforming you. If you want that today and you don't have it, receive it now in Jesus' name. And if you're receiving Jesus Christ, not right now, you feel a stirring in your heart and in your spirit. Talk to me afterwards. Amen? Speak to me. Let me know it. We overcome the enemy, friends, by the blood of Christ and the word of our testimony. As we give testimony of God's grace and his goodness, his greatness in our heart and in life. Lord, we thank you for your law. But we thank you for the law of the spirit sets us free and causes us to live for you. Bless each one. As we begin to turn the car around and hear your voice again, the sweet music of salvation, the saving grace of our Lord, we hear the call and we turn today. In Jesus' name. I walked in here this morning and my back was killing me. Oh. I mean, I ached all over. 
Plus, I have a new hairdo, and I was real self-conscious, not really liking it yet. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm self-conscious. I'm not feeling good about myself. So I walk in with all these symptoms, the backache, the self-consciousness. And I walk into this church that God gave me, and these people greet you with loving, compassionate hugs and compliments. And I went to Bill, and I said, Bill, because Bill's got the most faith of anybody I know. Bill, lay hands on me. I'm totally healed. I have no back pain at all. Amen. Don't really care about the hair anymore. But if you have any problems, if you are dealing with grief, if you're dealing with sickness, if you're dealing with addiction, anything, come here. This is the place. Talk to somebody. Have somebody pray with you because God speaks through the people in this church.